Hello. Today in our podcast, we're going to push into the idea of what is fear. Have you ever read a book about fear? Has anybody actually claimed to try to define it or know what it is? So stay tuned because that's where we're headed. Ready to dive in? Welcome to Adventures in Truth podcast. Every episode, we explore, expand, and evolve our understanding of the truths we encounter and experience in our human quest for clarity and exponential growth. And now welcome your hosts, Dr. Jeffrey Smith and Jim Case. Welcome to Adventures in Truth Podcast. And hello, everybody, and welcome here we are again, Jeff. How are you, Jeff? Good to see you. I am well, Jim. It is good to be seen, and it is good to see you also. Thank you. The same. I like being seen here at Adventures in Truth Podcast. We're excited to be here for uh, to explore some more truths of our experience, and uh, as, as Jeff uh, very clearly spoke of in, uh, in, at the beginning here, we're going to talk about fear. Um, why not? We're subjected to it ad nauseum. Why not talk about it? And let's define, let's talk about what this thing called fear is about. What is it? What does it do? Why is it here? What are we doing with it? What are we going to do with it? And, and what value does it hold for us in our experience? Are probably a few good questions we could dive into, and I'm sure there's plenty more. I would agree, Jim. There's uh, what's coming to mind right now is uh, one of the sacred holy books, between the two covers in 80 different locations in the book, it tells us to fear not. Very, very, very short two-word sentences. Fear not. Okay, well, if we're going to try to not do something, we have to understand what it is that we're going to try not to do. Mm. Fear so, not and know that I am God. <clears throat> Absolutely. Takes on a whole new thing. And if we could start with a little bit of a review from a couple of podcasts we've done before, um, we've used light and heat as examples in the physical world that there is only light, there is only heat. And as you move away from light, we have an experience and we invent a word called darkness the only way to create darkness is to remove light or the absence of light gives us an experience of darkness. Same thing with heat. There is only heat. As you move away from heat, we create an experience that we call cold. We invent a word to describe an experience that we're having, but cold by itself does not exist. If you're going to try to create cold, you do so by removing heat. So there is only love. And as you move away from love, we have an experience. Fear does not exist by itself. It's an experience that we have at a certain distance away from love. So we just finished up a podcast recently on love. So if you haven't listened to that one, please, in order to understand this one, you will have to go back 
and listen to that one. So I hope everybody has a very firm concept of what light is and what heat is. And we all use the words cold and dark. So now you have a better understanding that there is only an energy of vibration of love. And as you live your life, a distance away from love, just like if you were away from light, it would be dark. Just like if you're away from heat, it would be cold. So cold, dark, and fear all go together. And love, light, and heat all go together as those are entities of themselves that there is only that. So fear, in the way that we're describing it right now, would be an opposite of love, but it isn't by itself an actual thing. It's only a certain distance away from the practice of love. So we, we, we really can't, we would have to spend a whole nother hour getting into what love is. So that was what the reminder to go back and listen to last podcast is. But as a just broad brush overview, we came to the agreement that some of the ways that we would describe or categorize love is that it's a unity or a oneness or an allness. It is inclusive rather than exclusive. It is unconditional rather than conditional. It is collaborative rather than competitive. It is accepting rather than rejecting. Jim, if you could jump in and help me with any that I have forgotten that we covered in our last podcast, that would be helpful as well of describing what love is before we can then talk more about what it isn't that we would call fear. Did I leave any out that you could? Uh, I don't recall? think so. You were, you, I think you covered it all very well. I was racking my brain there for a second. And there, were, there were no lingering. So we also, in the previous podcast, talked a little bit about how we are whole and complete and lack for nothing. And that would be a great place to conceptually start talking about what fear is, is a belief. So fear is ultimately a feeling, but it comes from the belief that there is something missing or that there will be something missing. I won't get what I need when I need it. And that's based on the belief that I didn't get what I need when I needed it sometime in the past, even though that's actually never happened. And in other podcasts we've done, we really quite nicely laid out this idea that in order for you, dear listener, to be listening to this podcast right now, you are the proof by breathing and having a conscious existence right now to listen to this podcast. You are the proof that you have always gotten what you've needed, not what you've wanted. None of us are here on the planet to get everything we want. There would be no purpose in having an existence of getting everything you want. You would never learn patience that way. You would never learn gratitude that way. You would never learn kindness and forgiveness and all those other things that require us to have experiences where at times there is a delay in us getting what we want. And there are some things that we want that are just flat out not good for us. And the universe has a way of allowing us to prevent getting those things that we want because it would be harmful to us and the universe loves us enough we love ourselves enough to somehow through a divine subconscious unconscious awareness know that there are just some things that we want that would be harmful to us but that's that's a little bit of a offshoot from where i want to take this so fear is back to this notion that there's going to be some lack whether it's health 
whether it's finances, whether it's resources, whether it's acceptance, whether it's connection, that what creates the essence or the beginning of the idea of fears, there's going to be some lack, there's limited resources. So if you just think about the current climate right now, the current uh, situation and current events is that we have a lack of PPEs. And now that's become, what is that? The protective personal equipment personal or something like that? Equipment. Yeah. yeah, thank personal you. Protective equipment. And we have a lack of a vaccine and we have a lack of truth and we have a lack of trust and we have a lack of money. And gosh, there's seem to be promoting all of those things. But are any of them actually true? Because Jim and I are sitting here right now and all those things are going on, but we're still doing a podcast. So how could we be sitting here thoughtfully being present and letting consciousness flow through us in order to share these concepts and create these questions and have this discussion? How could we be doing that if we were entertaining the idea that I don't know how I'm going to pay my mortgage at the end of the month? Or I don't know, you know, am I going to, is there going to be toilet paper on the shelves next week? Uh, will food be available? Will we ever get to go to the park again? I mean, we, we couldn't be doing this work that we're doing right now if we were operating in that energy of lack and I won't get what I need. So I think that's just a really wonderful place to start this notion of, if you're going to tune into something, if you're going to watch CNN or MSNBC or Fox or any of those major news networks, by design, they capture your attention based on the energy of fear. And so that we don't want to be surprised. We don't want to go, oh, wow, I, I better run out and get the toilet paper right now before it's all gone. That, that, that's an energy of fear because it's based on a notion of lack that I won't have what I need when I need it. My goodness, why can't we use paper towels if we had to? Or why can't we use Kleenex? I mean, there's lots of paper products out there. My gosh, you got rags in the garage or whatever you need. It's like, good grief. Why do we have to obsess about toilet paper? <laughs> and those people that have talked with me, I've actually had a patient in my office today that made a confession that they have each Tuesday morning, they have gone out to a certain store that they know gets a resupply of toilet paper and they're buying a big bundle each week. And now the husband and the son are going, uh, mom, I, I think you have a problem here. Uh, we have like a hundred packages of toilet paper at the house. And she says she's doing it for one reason, because it gives her comfort, has nothing to do with they actually need it. And she knows, she knows cognitively that it's going to be available far sooner than she'll ever exhaust this half a garage full of toilet paper, but it gives her a sense of comfort. And I said, of what, what, what sort of comfort does it give you? Cause it actually does, it won't feed you. It won't pay your mortgage, but it's like a behavior that she's doing to give her the illusion that she has control over something. So that's the next piece that perhaps if we're ready for a break, we could come back right after our break and talk about the next piece helps us understand a little bit more about what drives us toward fear. Um, we're not, but we'll be there soon. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> well, let's get us there then. <laughs> uh, I want to layer something into this, um, this visual that I can't seem to get out of my head. So um, in science, um, 
there is a thing, if I'm understanding it correctly, and I'm, I'm not professing to be any kind of physicist or anything like that, but just of what I know. So there's this concept called coherence. And coherence is, is about alignment, correct? It's about all energy moving in, in a similar or same direction. And the focus of that energy uh, is important. It's, it, everything is coherent. Everything is lined up. Everything is, is, is moving in, in, accordance, in, 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 a, in, in accordance with what's happening. So if you think of the fear, the, the love, if you think of love as absolute coherence, love is this, this energy that, it, that just holds all within itself. It's, it's, and, it, and this energy is, is continuous and constant and, and in flow and, and in evolution. And if you take a strand of that energy and you pull energy away from that, so now you've got a strand that's deviating from the main level of coherence. Just by virtue of looking at that, you can see that that strand is in more darkness. The strand is in more, is, 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 is in a colder place. So there is absolute separation happening from the coherence that automatically and organically exists. So that's the understanding of, of the physics of fear. You're literally pulling your light out of the light. You're moving it and navigating it by your thoughts and your emotions to something else. The cool thing is, along with this idea of coherence, is that when you've pulled your strand out of the light, out of the stream and out of the flow, what you have is your emotional guidance system to let you know where you are in relation to absolute coherence. So when you get that far out and you're in darkness and it's cold and you're like, where am I and why am I here? You, there is a resonance to fear because it is about separation. You are cognizant, you are conscious on some level of the separation of your strand from the coherence of love. And that as soon as you release the idea of separation, the fear, and allow your, your, your strand to come back into coherence, it naturally comes back to love. You don't have to fight your way to love. What you did was fight your way out of love. <laughs> the conflicting beliefs and ideas and thoughts are all, all of that is, is in because you were in battle with love. And every time you went into battle and you think you won, you've separated your strand from coherence. I like that, Jim. So um, throw that in the mix and, and please continue with where you were. But that, I was hope, it just seemed like that was something people could wrap their minds around as far as getting this idea of how it's, how it's uh, in a non-emotional way. Right, right, right. So as, as we say, I am, as a way to, in the most simplistic form, try to define what our experience is, the great I am, I am, in the way that I am, love is. That's all, that's all you need to say about love. Love, love is. Mm -hmm. Fear isn't. So love is and fear isn't. That, that's the issue. Love is means everything. Love is complete. There is no lack. It, when you're operating in the energy of love, when you are love, you can't add anything else to it. So love is where fear isn't. So fear isn't enough equipment. Fear isn't a, a vaccine. 
Fear isn't accurate information. Fear isn't when are we going to go back to work again? Fear isn't all, all these things that are in the news are proposing there's a problem. We don't have a solution like we need one, like, like, like it's not okay. Fear is the belief that God's made a mistake. The universe is wobbling right now and we're going to fall over and all get hurt and somehow perish, you know, at an, in an extreme belief system. Mm-hmm. They're actually in the big picture. The creator of the universe is not freaking out right now because there's this virus thing happening on this planet. We're the only ones freaking out. The angels aren't freaking out. The spirit guides aren't freaking out. No, it's just, just the, some of the people here on the planet are freaking out because we believe this should not be happening. So we're playing the should game with ourselves. So fear is also somewhat, it is a delusion away from truth. So if truth and love go together, fear and deception, fear and a lie, fear of anything less than truth would also go together. So in defining what fear is, it's some distortion of truth and it's some belief in lack. Mm. I throw in a little more science in here. Um, Einstein once said, I believe it was Einstein who said, you cannot solve a problem from the same energy that it was created. So if you are in fear, you will not have a solution. Doesn't exist there. Only never. Only never. Only never. Um, and so this pandemic has created a swirling mass of that all over the place. Um, not knowing where to look, who to listen to, what to listen to, what's right, what's wrong, who's, you know, do I actually take Lorox because it's going to clean the inside of my body? <laughs> Seriously, people. <laughs> well, wasn't that a thing during the AIDS epidemic a couple decades ago? People were drinking bleach and uh, Clorox. That. Yeah, that bleach? was a thing once upon a time. Yep. God. Yeah. People put themselves in the hospital trying to clean that virus. Yeah. So I find it interesting that I personally don't want to be tested and I personally don't want to be vaccinated. And, and I, I also at the same time, I don't want to get sick, but I'm not afraid of getting sick. And I'm certainly not afraid of dying if I did get sick. So it's like if, if you could just flow and operate in flow rather than resistance, fear can't attach to you if you're flowing. You get into a state of resistance, it's like you're going to attract fear Fear and resistance absolutely are a team that worked work together. Yeah. But if you think about aren't aren't the major issues right now? Uh, we didn't do social distancing soon enough, or we don't have enough testing going on all over the place. We don't have enough ventilators. Remember, just all this enough. We don't have a vaccine yet. We don't have. We don't have. We don't have. But the universe is actually telling us you don't need it. If, if we actually needed it, it would be here right now. Because remember, we've gotten everything that we've needed in order to be here. Yeah, but it's the humans that are controlling it. How can you say that? We've got a, a dipshit in the, off, in, in the White House who, <laughs> who can't make a decision to save his life that's worth anybody's life. I'm, I'm speaking as though, you uh-huh. know, uh, all the voices that are going, how can you say something like that when 
we all we have to do is watch his thing once a day to uh-huh. know that you know <coughs> so part of fear is operating outside of reality the reality is in the words jim just used we have a dipshit in the white house okay that's that's a, that's real in the way that jim just described it right. and the way he's sharing his perception he's saying that's that's real for him but it there can't be anybody else in the white house right now he's the only one that can be there right now it would be a fantasy to think that someone else could be there right now you know maybe in november or next january maybe there will be somebody else in there right now but we got to get there but between here and there isn't going to change the amount of testing, isn't going to change the availability of respirators, isn't going to change, it's not going to change any of that. So we can, we can continue as a group or a society to resonate in the energy of fear based on this idea that we lack all of these things and they should be available. Or we can say, apparently the universe thinks we don't need them because we don't have them right now. For whatever the characters are or the players are in why or why not, The reality is, is we don't have them and that I don't believe God's up there or the great right Buffalo, however it works for you as you're listening to this is freaking out. I don't think God's having a a committee meeting with Gabriel and Michael and Jesus going, okay, who dropped the ball? What the heck? You don't have enough ventilators down. Hey, come on. Wasn't that your task? What were you doing? Were you playing chess with, you know, another angel or something and you weren't paying attention? That's just not happening. I don't think it's happening. I don't have direct insight to all that, but I cannot imagine that there's a freak out going on in the true White House. Yeah. <laughs> let's, uh, let's, let's rest on that. I want to come back and dive into that a little more deeply after the break. And we'll be right back after this. Question, would you like more Adventures in Truth podcast? We've got you covered. In addition to all of the major platforms we're on, Spotify, Apple, Deezer, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, we are now going to be live streaming two times a week. Our live casts will take place Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Standard Time or Friday afternoons at 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. These will be brand new shows, and we're looking forward to your interaction. And you can do that by joining us on our Facebook page at Adventures in Truth and type in your questions, and we will uh, answer them right there on the air with you. So we're looking forward to seeing you there, and we appreciate you so much, and thank you for enjoying and engaging with Adventures in Truth podcast. And we are back. So where we left off... um, Jeff, where did we leave off? We're talking about God freaking out. God freaking and we, out. And we were laughing about that because that's uh, most likely not happening. Yeah. I wanted to push in a little bit on the, uh, the idea of understanding the perfection in all things. Um, and, and to Jeff's point, um, to sort of tear that open a little bit. Because, again, you know, some could say, well, that's really kind of pie in the sky and airy fairy to say, well, we don't have the stuff. So the universe doesn't think it's that important. Um, when, you know, you can see the president not doing what he's supposed to do. You can see the, you can see all the key people just messing it up all along the way. But again, that's the difference between fear and not fear. Non-fear, a space of non-fear just looks at it all and observes it all and says, yeah, this is all the case. The end result is we don't need it. Obviously, if we needed it, we would have found a way to achieve it. 
Um, so either, you know, there's lots of possibilities within that construct. The idea is, is that if we are in that coherence and we're trusting and knowing that we are about love and that we are a spark of God and all of those things, that the ultimate result has to reflect that somehow. The ultimate result has to reflect that. So what does that mean? Well, it means you got to take it for what you see it is. You know, if, 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 as I've observed, and as Jeff has pointed out, they were screaming at the top of their lungs about ventilators, 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 and nobody will give us ventilators. And, and thus far, doesn't appear that it's become the issue that, has, that it has been promoted to be. PPE is another piece. Is it right? It's not about right, wrong, or indifferent. Is it good? It's not about good, bad, or indifferent. It's, it's about understanding your perception and perspective of it. It's not good to have people on the front lines who don't have safety equipment to do their job. That's, that's not a good thing. That's a problem, but that's something that needs to be addressed. But in the scope of the larger picture, is it? Because it isn't there. So if it isn't there, if you trust your universe and you're aligned with love, then you say, hmm, there must be a reason. There must be something in this process that I don't know or understand. There's more to this that than my five senses can partake of. So I see what I see, but I am also a love-driven being. So I'm not going to choose to invest in all of the stories about the negative outcome. I'm going to say, okay, this is the current outcome. So apparently it may not be what it's being presented to be. So if the fear noise is, this is what it 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 is, chances are good that's not what it is in the end. So if you can, if you can identify, it happens for me when I watch the television, I'll watch because I want to kind of have a, a, a sense of what's happening. And as soon as it shifts to fear mongering, I shut the television off because I don't need that story. I don't need that crap in my consciousness. I don't need to hear it all, but I'm acutely aware of all of that. It's still in the world. It's still, you know, fear isn't going to evaporate and you're never going to see it or experience it again. It's about whether you engage it, whether you indulge it, whether you participate in it. But I will come back to is if they're pushing fear, then the message they're pushing isn't the message. If they're pushing fear, then the message is something vastly different. Right. Because we established a few moments ago that a deception or a distortion of truth is one way of describing what creates the experience of fear. Because yes. there would never, somebody wouldn't be smiling and having a countenance of love and talking about something that isn't happening that we believe should be happening. And that those just, that, that couldn't happen that way. <laughs> it's not possible. <laughs> no. But it definitely, even more and more to me, every day that we navigate this, it becomes clearer and clearer how much you have to find self in this process how much it's important to get to that space of love and let your choices and decisions be driven from that. I was, I was having a conversation on Facebook today, uh, a friend of mine who was going off on people because new research was showing that the lockdown was a waste of time and that if we had done social distancing, it would be, it would be fine and we would be fine. And, and because of the confusion that's out there all over the place, people are responding in kind and kind of like, yeah, well, at this point, I think I'm just going to wait it out because 
uh, you know, I don't know that it's, it's, it's useful to just put myself out there um, when I don't really understand what's going on. I have lots of different conflicting stories. Um, and he kept driving this message of, you know, well, then you're just in fear. And, and it was just a really hard, he was being very hardcore with people and being really nasty, I thought, um, to people who are having, I thought, valid consideration, which is, I didn't hear them going, oh my God, I can't go outside, I'll die. They're more like, how do I do this when nothing's changed? Literally, nothing has changed since the beginning of this, this pandemic, people. Do you understand that? Nothing has changed. It's the same as it was when this started. It's the same as it was when they shut us in our homes. And it's the same right now. We have no more, maybe a little bit more information not being shared. But again, that's a point of, do you push into fear or do you just, ex just deal with the reality that is presented? And right. the reality is, here's where we are. Where do we go from here? And, and so, again, choices, fear, or love. Does it make the choices easier? Not necessarily. It makes you feel better in the choices that you're making. It makes you feel more, I mean, I think you feel more aligned. You feel more like your choice is what I would call the choiceless choice because it's not ladled with fear. It's just, it's just the love thing to do, <laughs> if that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but I don't want Some, to go derail too far. Somewhere early on in this experience, that we're using to discuss this topic of fear today, somewhere early on in this pandemic, again, adventure that we're having, I became aware that truth was going to be next to impossible to have simply because of political climates and agendas and different uh, interests and agendas. So this is the most beautiful thing for me that has happened as a result of this experience. And I'm asking our listeners to consider also that if you really want to know something, you're going to have to go find it yourself. But if you're looking to the physical to find the answer, you're going to be uh, on a long, long, long goose chase. The answer is going to come through your prayers and your meditation. If you're willing to get quiet and to hear the still small voice and you can ask, you will receive the answer. You could call it remote viewing. You could call it Kriya meditation. You can call it lots of different ways of accessing the infinite. But if you're looking to CNN, MSNBC or Fox or any of these other sources for your information, you're going to continue to stay on this goose chase that's largely, if not completely, driven by fear and special interests and money and corporate and blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. You want to find the truth, you're going to have to go inside to find it, not outside to find it. The truth doesn't exist outside you. It exists inside you. This is giving us, you could not ask for a more perfect scenario to stay home Open up your prayer closet, your meditation room, your get out your altar and go find the truth for yourself. Is this something I need to be afraid of? And is there any benefit to operating in the energy of fear? It again, if Jim pointed out that the solution will not come from the same energy in which we perceive a problem that it was created in. And even uh, so you can 
give credit to Einstein for either borrowing that from somebody else or creating it. I'm also reminded of David Hawkins' work in uh, Power Versus Force, that he said that you have to raise, you have to go to the next level of energy above where the problem is. If there's a problem, you cannot solve it at that level. You have to go up to the next level. And in his book, he laid out all these different levels of energy with fear being at the bottom, love being at the top, and all the other increments in between um, to be able to do that. But that's something that is got to be personal, that no one can tell me to be afraid. I, I can be told to wear a mask, but I'm laughing the whole time going, I'm not afraid of the virus, so why am I wearing a mask? Okay, well, then do it for somebody else. Okay, well, if they're afraid I'm contagious, I'll, I'll wear a mask for them, but I'm not doing it for me. I, don't, I do not want to resonate that I'm afraid to get sick. I'm afraid to die. I'm afraid to pass it on to somebody else. It just doesn't serve me to operate in that energy of being afraid. There's just no reason to go there for me, just for me. I'm not trying to push that on anybody else. No, but it's, and it's a good point because it's, it, it, it brings us each to a, a place of, of really asking the question. Again, we've been pushing this a lot, but the, in, your, in your choices, are your choices driven by love or your choices driven by fear? If, for instance, the mask issue, I think it's so ridiculous. I don't, when has a mask ever stopped a virus? I don't know. Um, but there, there's a whole lot of logic that doesn't make sense. And they've gone about looking for science to back up why this thing that doesn't make sense makes sense. And in the end, the choice is, if I stand there and look at that mask and it causes a negative emotion in me, then I'm out of alignment because the mask doesn't matter. It's not me succumbing to mass consciousness. It's not me succumbing to somebody else's will. It's a choice of love because if in what, you know, I'm, again, I'm not a scientist. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a nutritionist. I don't, I don't, I'm not a virologist. I'm just a guy. And so I'm not going to claim to know everything about what I know. I know peripherally. I don't care how I find the information. I only know it peripherally. So because of that, I have a choice to act in love or act in fear. And if what's true is that I can pick up that mask and put it on and like Jeff says, I can smile and laugh and like, whatever. Okay, I'm going to do the mask because my other, my other souls that I'm co-creating with, maybe other people aren't in the same space. Mm -hmm. And I want to carry love in my space. So I'm going to say, heck, yeah, I'll put the mask on. Why not? It's, it's, it, it actually does not. It, it, it's not. It's better than the alternative. Because I'm doing that in love, I'm not doing it in fear. If I pick up, pick up the mask in fear and put the mask on, wasting time. Don't go out of the house. It's not worth it. Because regardless of the mask, you set yourself up, give yourself space, make yourself available to a virus. That's what makes you available to it. Not the mask, not whether you wear the mask. It's your susceptibility to fear. Right, right. I was... Um thinking about some of David Hawkins work in this scale that he created. Um, it's a scale from zero to a thousand and at 200 and below is where the energy of fear is. And he 
through his work, his meditation, his guides, his guardian angels, however, his, his database of maybe off earth intelligence, because that's, that's where all the cool stuff comes from. You know, us as humans don't write this stuff. We get downloads. We're giving gifts from God and all of that. But so he, he said that in, in his meditations, what came to him that on the planet currently, that over 75% of the humans living on this planet today are operating on that scale at 200 and below. Mm -hmm. And that's the next level up above fear is where courage starts. And courage has a whole different feel to it than fear and rage and anger and hopelessness and all those other things that are down on that lower level part. But isn't it interesting that we're living in a time in human history where over 75% of humanity is operating in fear. That's the pandemic right there. If there's a exactly. pandemic going around, it's the fear pandemic <clears throat> that has got 75%. I'd say right now, I'd say that that number is way higher than 75%. Yeah, Just right it, now. Just And could well be. And probably comes in waves. But I, I, I also find myself feeling a little more optimistic um, more so in that even the limited engagements that I have um, seeing people responding differently, you know, um, that, that it's not, um, I mean, yeah, there are people who are screaming about wanting to get out of the house so they can get their nails done and have a haircut, whatever. Um, you know, so that becomes a thing. Like, why does it have to be, again, choose love, choose fear. What are you choosing? Which, which end of the spectrum do you want to be on? Choosing to stay home is not a fear-based experience necessarily, and it can be if you want it to be. But if you choose love, you don't have any idea. You, you me, none of us have really any idea the scope of this particular virus or what, it's what it could accomplish or what it, you don't know. And yet our small little brains think we know everything because <laughs> the president said it on the television. Well, good. Go drink your Clorox and tell me how that works for you. But people, <laughs> reality, check here. Doing the right thing, doing the thing that protects you is loving, is a love space. So if that means stay home, then stay the fuck home and relax. Find your space. Find your stuff knit, crochet, cook, whatever. You know, we are multidimensional, super amazingly faceted human beings that have so much capability and potential and ideas. And I mean, it's just silly to me that people would be at home being pissed off about having to be home. <laughs> yes, it's because we're not using that time wisely and people haven't fallen in love with themselves and fallen in love with love to go meditate and pray and to get even more connected to all of that. That's what because, I was hoping the virus yeah. would help us do is realize. Well, and it is. Yeah, it is. You, you can only watch so much Netflix before you go, <laughs> this is just stupid. What am I doing this for? <laughs> uh, yeah. Find the love people. That's really, it's Jeff's point. I think is a brilliant one. Our pandemic is fear. Mm -hmm. and it's being worked and wrung out for every inch of its value and which is zero 
There is zero value, people. Um, you know, we want to, all of the reaction to the, to uh, the economy, all the reaction, all the reaction to jobs, all the reaction to people's businesses, do it's all ephemeral. You're not leaving here with any of it. None of it, right? It's not, it, it doesn't go anywhere. It dies and rots here on this planet. So, wow, suddenly there's an opportunity for something new, something, something beyond what you've allowed yourself to believe was possible, beyond the fear that you've allowed your little box in life to contract you into. If you could, for a moment, give yourself 10 seconds of fearlessness, <laughs> it will radically alter your life. <laughs> 10 seconds is all it takes to go, oh, oh, that's a, maybe 15. I'll give you 15 just so you can have an extra 10 seconds in it. Because being in it's just as much fun as the, the whole deal. So, um, right. <laughs> but literally, you know, it's, 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 there's, so much of this that everything points to the same direction, go inside. <laughs> everything points that direction, whether it's go inside your house or go inside yourself. It's all pointing in the same direction. Go inward. Go inward. Time to release the fear of pan the pandemic of fear, which isn't going to be over anytime in the near future as long as we continue to operate from that place. Yeah. Yeah. So figure we've got until at least November to see how we decide to change things. <laughs> but even then, what's the point, you know, because uh, if it isn't going to be changed in love, it's just going to be more of the same. Right. Inversion. You just brought something up that I remember talking about yesterday with one of my patients about this notion that there's going to be a wave that we're going to experience this fall. Mm. And it, and it was so funny to me because Flu season starts in the fall and it ends in the spring every year. There's no summer flu season. So there is some truth to seasonal viruses going around. There just is. So it actually isn't going to come back in the fall. There's, there's just, it's just, there's going to be a new one. It'll be a morph of this one, but every year there's a flu season, like only every year, oh. <laughs> only every year there's something here. Yeah that generally starts in the fall. And isn't that interesting? Fear season starts in the fall. <laughs> Join us this yeah. September for your next six months of fear. <laughs> we're going to program it. We're going to talk about it. We're going to do everything we can to mm. make sure that you know fear. Yes. Um, interesting if we look at the seasonal part of that, that fall is when things start to die. Right. And then there's the whole winter, which is about death and spring about things coming back to life again. So aren't we kind of in that cycle right now? You know, spring is here and we're coming back to life again and then there'll be summer and we'll forget all about this for a little while. And then you know, the leaves will start falling off the tree and the pumpkin will get frost on it. And then we're going to kind of go right back into this thing again. But it's not like it's the same thing. It's just, you know, it's just a cycle. I don't mean the same thing like the coronavirus. There'll be something. There'll be something in in the fall. But it's not anything to be afraid of. How yeah. long have we been doing this? We have lots of experience doing this. It's not something to be afraid of. Yep. Gird your loins. We're coming into another fear season. 
<laughs> you know? <laughs> oh, that idea is, is pretty remarkable. One of the <sighs> things I found interesting as this all started was at one point, our president said, we are at war. You only go to war against something you're afraid of. Mm. You don't go to war against something you love, right? I mean, the two just obviously don't go together. So as soon as the war word went out, we're at war. Now we're going to all start paying attention. We're really going to pay attention to, well, how is this war going to affect us? And my, my dad got my family together last Sunday, and we're all on Zoom. And he talked about being a war baby. He was born right after uh, World War II uh, started. And he remembers gas lines. He remembers sugar shortages and you couldn't get tires for your car. I mean, all the things that we take for granted and we'll hopefully never experience again. He, he experienced all those things. And he said, you know, it brought community together. It helped us all feel like we're in this together sort of a thing. Because it's really not that big of a deal. It just it isn't really anything to be afraid of is what he was trying to help us experience. So one of the things that we keep watching the news for that really isn't going to show up, all of us are going to ask ourselves, when are we going to hear the message of hope? And we, we, that's what we're staying tuned to here. Where's the hope? And that hasn't shown up yet. We're hoping that we'll all be going back to work. We're hoping that the parks will open again and we're having hope. So we got to get through all of these political squabbles and all the myths, truths and the deceptions of truths and the lies and all that fear-based ingredient stuff. We're waiting each time somebody watches the news. I have a, a belief that you're hoping to hear something hopeful. And you'll watch a whole hour or two hours or three days of the news. It's like, where's the hope? Hey, where's the hope? Well, haven't heard it yet. Have you heard any hope? No, I haven't heard any hope. You heard any hope? No, just a whole lot more fear, man. Fear everywhere. Let's, uh, let's take a break right here and, and uh, have you all uh, go look for your hope while we're on break. And we'll, we'll uh, talk about that when we get back. Ranking Mastery is offering listeners a free 60-minute training. In this training, you will learn five simple things to get positioned in Google for all the products and services you offer. Together, we will learn and discover key phrases customers search all the time. Go to rankingmastery.com, look for the free training button, and enter the code MYFREETRAINING. We urge you to hurry because spots are limited, and similar trainings of this kind can easily cost thousands of dollars. Learn from the best, those who have generated over $4 million using these same exact strategies so that your company can take advantage of the top positioning in Google without having to spend tens of thousands of dollars on Google ads or SEO agencies. Remember, your potential clients are searching Google every day for products and services just like yours, and this is your chance to claim your position on the web. The only way to get this amazing deal is to visit rankingmastery.com, click the free training button. Again, that's rankingmastery.com. Okay, we're back. So did you find it? Just curious if you all found your hope while we were gone. Um, we'd, like, we'd like you to bring that to the table. Uh, no, actually, and I'm being facetious, but uh, I want to talk about that a little bit because let's talk about what fuels the idea of needing hope. What is that about? What brings us to a place that we're so desperate to feel better 
that will go to a source that we know is not truthful, seeking hope from an event that's not real so that we can feel better about how we feel about what we don't know. My eyes are like twisted in my head right now because I can't even follow that logic. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I hope you all are a little twisted about that little logical thread as well because that's literally what we're doing to ourselves. Um, why not cut out all the metal men? Um, just go inside. Just decide that fear isn't serving. And, and you know, again, it's not, you'd, maybe you will be the one or two or 10 or 15 or 100 people that can snap your fingers and be done. But if that was the case, then why didn't you do that a long time ago? Um, it's work. It takes attention. You've been trained in fear since you were conceived. When you were multiple cells in your mother's belly, you were already being entrained into fear mm. because your mother already had fear so she was already in response so you were imprinted with that from the beginning but it's not natural so here we are as adults as uh, or some of us are adults so maybe not quite full adults yet but how why look for hope what is hope getting you but a continuation of fear i think help me out here jeff i'm i'm, I'm I'm getting lost in my meanderings. <laughs> well, it, it, it is fascinating. I'm reminded of a scripture that talks about faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of these things is love. What I hear you saying right now is we really don't need hope, and we don't need faith because we have love. And if you just stay based, remember, love is. Love is complete. Love is allness. It is oneness. And as soon as you step outside of that or away from that or you get some distance away from it, then you'll need hope to get back there. You'll need hope that a condition will change. So it goes back to conditional rather than unconditional. Hope is the, these conditions will change. Hope is something will occur that will be different from what is because we can't love what is. We can't accept what is. We can't resonate and just accept. This is our reality right now, and it's fine. I can love so, this. So hope right is now. a wish. It seems like it. Yep. Okay. So, and, and that's good. It's good to have that clarity because again, what are you wishing for and why are you wishing for it? Right. It's all within your ability to correct or change in your experience. It's one of the things that I think baffles people as they talk to each other through this process. And I was telling Jeff earlier, I, I, I don't know if it was on air or off air, but um, uh, I've talked to quite a few people recently who one of their first questions is, do you know any sick people? I'm like, no. I'm like, yeah, I don't either. I'm like, that's pretty fascinating. And then to have a third and a fourth person talk about the same thing. I don't know any sick people. Okay. Uh, this is not about saying whether the virus is real. That's not the point. Um, the, the point of it is in recognizing that just because, and that's why this has become such an issue. Most of us probably are not having experiences of this virus and in, in any way shape or form but it is apparently a thing that needs to be attended to and we have to you know again if hope is wishing then wish for yourself the wish is that and the reason i think hope is dangerous in some times is because it's putting the wish outside of self yep it's it's hoping that god will be good to us it's hoping that 
that something will change and, 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 and Trump will stop being stupid. It's hoping that whatever you're hoping is, the, the disease is going to go away, that more people aren't going to die. All of that is wishing and wishing is, is okay. I mean, yeah, wish for it. But why not apply your energy in a way that you could actually impact it? You know, apply your energy in a way that you can actually be a beacon of that love that fills all the space around you and your world with that love as you connect with people. And that begins to change the world. That begins to bring the coherence back online for yourself and for anybody else who's going to experience your energy. So have hope and wish, wish all day long, but recognize that the wish you're asking for is to self. I like that, Jim. The wishing things will be different is the escape from what is, which is a missed opportunity of learning what there is to learn right now with what is in these conditions. Hope is also some acknowledgement that there's been a mistake somewhere and this shouldn't be happening. And we're hoping that things will go back to the way they were or go back to some, go to some state where it's not like this. And as long as we're in that mindset, we're completely missing the opportunity again to learn what we have to learn in this set of circumstances right here, right now. It also sets us up for the big time mistake to think that I have to wait for conditions to be so to have joy. I have to wait for conditions to be so to be at peace. I have to wait for conditions to be such to resonate in the energy of love. And if you're waiting for it, you'll spend your whole life waiting for it because love is now peace is now joy is now in these conditions. If you cannot experience it, we're given the opportunity right now to experience those things right now in these conditions. And the important and thing too, I just want to piggyback real quick, is that what you got to recognize is that you're not outside of the equation. You are the equation. Yeah, exactly. You are the, you, you are the equation. And I think Jeff was, what Jeff is saying here, I hope you guys are, are hearing it. It's, it's really powerful stuff. Yes. Tomorrow, if you're waiting for tomorrow to feel better, it'll be tomorrow after that. You'll still be waiting. And the tomorrow and the tomorrow and tomorrow. It's the donkey with the stick held above its head and the carrot 12 inches in front of its nose thinking, if I keep walking, I'm going to get to the carrot. Well, and the other piece that I didn't get to say, because I forgot it until I just remembered it again. Love is not outside of you. You are outside of love. I, you, we, us. Love is already here. <laughs> All of those things are already here. You're standing outside of the coherence. You're on your thread over here. And just because 7.2 of the 7.5 billion people on the planet are there doesn't make it a destination. As Jeff was saying, the 75%, I don't know, I just made up math, but the idea that, that, that we, are at, we, are, we are outside of what we want, it's not outside of us. You don't have to seek it out. It's not, President Trump is not going to wake up tomorrow and be some magnificently heart-driven human being who's going to fill your hope bucket with all kinds of good things that are going to solve this crisis. Not going to happen. 
today, tomorrow, next week, next month, or next year. It's not going to happen. Does that mean I have no faith that people can change? And it doesn't mean that at all. But future, but historical behavior up into the present says that trend is not likely to change. If it does, do I hold space for it? I do every day. I do my, my, my metabravna every day. And Trump is the person I put in the space of the person who's the disruptor. And I send love and I send, you know, you deserve, you deserve wellness. You deserve love. You deserve peace. Because we all do. It yes. doesn't change that that potential is there. But I also have to, in my reality, in, in, in looking at objectively go, it's on me. <laughs> How, how can I do? So if everybody says that and everybody begins to think that way, we start connecting on the inside. We connect in the coherence of love. And that is unpenetrable. That is undeniable. And, and the wave of change that can create is far greater than anything we can even conceive of <coughs> with our five senses. Mm -hmm. um, and that's really the, the thing that drives both Jeff and I in this process is, is, to, to encourage you all out there to take that, put your toe in the water. You don't need to jump in head first and, and immerse yourself like, you know, and some will because it's a glorious thing to do, but just put your toe in the water. Discover that it's not, you know, it's not going to melt off. It's not going to die. It's not going to kill you. It's just going to be a new experience and it's going to feel pretty good. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. I had the, when you were talking about it's not that love is outside of you. You're outside of love. That's a, a visual model to help bring understanding and awareness. Another one that I got while you were saying that is because we are, there is an allness or a unity or an advieta or a yoga of, of a oneness. It's not really possible to be outside of love, but you can certainly be out of tune with it. Mm -hmm. So since we're, we're an energetic vibrational energy, I had this idea of if you could see yourself as a frequency and there was a knob that you could turn that you could dial into where all these frequencies are in alignment and they're beautiful and they're sequential and symmetric, oh, yeah. that would be radiating in the energy of love. And you could take that same knot and that would be on the love position and you could turn it to the fear position and those frequencies would be helter skelter and they'd be all chaotic and going all over the place. Still you, it's like, which, which one are you going to be? It's your choice mm -hmm. of flipping the switch to I'm going to radiate and resonate this way, or I'm going to do it this way and anything in between. That's a image <sighs> to take a break on. Um, ask everybody to just sit with that thought for a moment. Um, if you think of it in terms of frequency, we're going to take a quick break and see where your frequency is. We'll be right back. Hi, everyone. Jim Case here with Adventures in Truth podcast, here to share some amazing news. We are partnering with E360 TV to bring you live stream of Adventures in Truth podcast. So what does that mean to you as the listener or the viewer? Well, we will be broadcasting two times a week on multiple live streams at the same time. So you'll be able to see us and interact with us. We'll be on Roku, we'll be on Apple TV, we'll be on Amazon, we'll be on Fire TV, we'll be on Facebook Live, and we'll be on YouTube Live. This is gonna be an incredible experience. These shows will be new material. You'll be able to interact and ask questions or leave comments. The best way to do that 
will be to go to Facebook Live because from Facebook Live, we can import all that information and we can engage with you real time. So join us Wednesdays at 8 a.m. Pacific Standard Time or Fridays at 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time for Adventures in Truth podcast. Ready to dive in? All right, here we are back as we wind down this incredible episode as we're talking about fear and, and trying to define it, trying to give it some understanding, trying to give it some definition, uh, some, some more... And, and what we find more and more and more is that um, the biggest definition is absence of love. Um, and and if, you, if you, you can have all the rest of them, but in the end, you know, uh, whether it's Jeff's uh, description that he was giving us a minute ago about the energies and, and one's a calmer moving energy, the other one's a frenetic kind of crazy energy, or whether from the beginning where we talked about coherence and the threads, it's all the same energy. It's just, it, it's either love or it's not. Absolutely. I'd like to reinforce this notion of if you're waiting for everything to be okay, you'll, it never will be in this utopian nirvana heaven ish way that we're hoping that heaven would be here on earth. Earth has never been, earth has never been heaven. There are volcanoes that erupt. There are tsunamis that occur. There are earthquakes that happen. There are plagues that show up. There's pestilence. There's famine. There's ice ages. There's heat, climate change. There, there is nothing about this planet that is stable indefinitely, sustainably. It, by design, shakes the shit out of our experiences here. By design, to teach us that we do not need stability to have joy and peace and love and harmony. It's to be experienced in everything you're going through, in everything that you're going through, in, in this moment, not five minutes from now, not when the conditions change, not after the election, not before the election. It's in this moment. This is the opportunity that we're being given right now to practice. I am going to operate in patience and kindness and courage and unity and harmony. I'm going to practice. I'm going to use this opportunity right now. We're being told to go inside literally. Well, how about metaphorically here when we're told to go inside, stay inside and to practice self distancing, social, yeah. <laughs> social distancing. <laughs> that's interesting that it came out that way, Jim, because that's actually what we've been practicing is self-distancing self-distancing, right? instead of self-unity, right? We've been away from ourself. So you got to go back, back to yourself, go inside, stay inside, stay inside, go inside, stay inside and get to know yourself and practice in these conditions. And these are the perfect conditions. How do I know? Because it's happening. There is no mistake. There is no mistake about any of this. If you're thinking it's going to happen tomorrow or next week or when we get back to work and we go back to the parks again, oh my goodness, what a lost opportunity. Big time. And those opportunity, this opportunity is for all of us. Um, it's every, every, every human on the planet has this opportunity. It's not, it's not segregated. It's not isolated. It's not specific to anyone except that you're a, a sentient being who deserves love. And 
I, I was thinking as you were talking before, um, the important piece of, of all of this is remembering that if you're fighting against this, you are not in love at all. You're not in love for self because there is no fight that has to happen in this process. It is what it is. It is what it is. Be in it as it is. Use the opportunity as it is and allow yourself to reconnect to love because that's what you have absolute control over. No one can keep you from that except you. Right. And all of the distractions that you can't wait to get back to playing football and fantasy football and, you know, and, right. and we laugh about that, but um, you don't have them. I mean, you can use Netflix, you know, you can, you can, you can do all kinds of avoidance, but remember that what you're avoiding is you. That's all. There is no other avoidance going on. There is no other resistance going on. You're either resisting you or you're avoiding you. Why not just give it up? Let the process be what it is. Um, Yes, there are things that have to be attended to around the physicality of this, but we are all taken care of. So let's walk that path and let it unfold so that you're taken care of if you're not feeling taken care of. But if you're doing it from fear, then you're pushing all that potential away. You're not welcoming it. You're not welcoming whatever potential opportunities are there for you in this process when you're loving yourself and not fearing life. Totally different stuff here, peeps. Totally different. Nice, nice, nice. So I was thinking that uh, fear fights and love accepts. Mm. And if we're going to be in the energy of love, it is done by accepting what is, what is happening, what is going on, what is coming, moment by moment by moment to stay in that space. That's where we're going to find our joy. That's where we're going to find our peace. That's where we're going to actually truly get an opportunity to know ourselves. It isn't in the, it's not at the, the concert. It's not at the, it's not in bed. It's not in all these places that we would say are the most enjoyable places to go and be and experience that we get to know ourselves. It's through the hardships. It's through the challenges and the trials. That's why this planet shakes the shit out of us from some, from time to time. So we can actually know who we are. You can't really ever know who you are in a state of complete peace and tranquility because any, anybody can be tranquil and peaceful in that state. But can you be that in a state where there's disruption and there's a, a, a challenge going on? Yeah. I, uh, point of, of transparency, um, you know, Jeff and I were chatting before we started this podcast and what drove the beginning of this was what's, what has been bothering me, which is, I don't know what I'm going to do tomorrow, a week from now, a month from now. I don't know how I'm going to respond to whatever the next evolution of nonsense that comes out of our government or non-nonsense. I don't know. I have no idea. What I know is that I'm going to be present in my present time. Um, and it's a little bit of a frustration for me because I realize, wait a second, I don't want to operate. I don't operate in fear. I don't make fear choices. And this appears, as I'm observing it, it appears like a no-win situation. It really does. It appears like it's, there's no, there's, you know, if you're looking at the world as it is right now, you're like, how in the hell are we going to get out of this? 
Don't know. Have no idea. Those that <laughs> above my pay grade, I think. Um, but actually, it's not. Um, for me, the resolution is in what I can do today. Um, prior to this process, in all honesty, something like a like a, a metabravna meditation for me, I, I didn't get it. You know, metabravna is about loving kindness and about about building loving kindness in your own heart and then having that energy expand out to someone that's significant to you, then expanding it to someone you don't know, and then expanding it to someone you do know who creates harm, and then expanding it to all sentient beings. That's not a meditation I ever considered doing before because it didn't make sense to me. But because I'm being present in now and I can't do anything about the dingbats that are, that are trying to pretend to fix this. But what I can change is my energy about how I send energy out into the world. So I don't have fear about it. And I'm actively trying to spread loving kindness. I don't know what it's going to do, but it makes me feel better. <laughs> you know, I don't know if it's going to make the rest of the world feel better, but it sure as shit makes me feel better. <laughs> um, and better by better, I mean more aligned in love connected and engaged in my life because my life isn't over and neither is yours. Nothing's over. It's in transition. And, and so let's, let's find the love together. You know, um, I'm taking that step every day, but the truth is that's part of being present. I can't know what's going to happen a week or a month from now. I can only be present with what's happening now and then make decisions and choices based in love to move my life forward. And then share that so that my friends and my loved ones can have that equal opportunity if they choose it. But I can't be attached to that either. Because that's their just that's their journey. That's their choice. That's their expression of love to their to themselves. Mm -hmm. So just be with you right now. That's all that's required. That's all that's asked for. It's not even like it's it's vague. Go inside. I, I don't know how messages get any clearer. You know, it didn't Absolutely. say, I mean, and some are trying to distort that message by saying, um, by saying, making it confusing and making it not make sense and, and making it be something else. But it, it isn't something else. It is exactly what you see. Left foot, right foot, choose love, move forward. Nicely summarized, my friend. <laughs> and let that fear thing go. But anyway, guys, uh, so good to be here again with you. And Jeff, always great to be here with you. And, and Likewise, sir. Explore these amazing topics. And uh, again, um, we are going live uh, on E360 um, TV coming up here in the next week. And we'll be putting that information out and getting it out to the world. It's going to be exciting to get to interact with you all out there and on some level. Um, uh, to, you know, be able to interact with us on the show and ask questions or have thoughts and we can talk about them on air. So that's exciting. Thank you all for joining us. Have an amazing rest of your day. Goodbye, everybody. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Adventures in Truth podcast. If you would like to listen to more or to explore all our offerings, visit us on the web at www.adventuresintruthpodcast.com.